All right, let's, uh, let's, we've been talking about aligning the sand, and of course that's, you know, the Bible says there's a narrow way that leads to life and peace. And so, you know, when we take on this life, you know, first you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and that's a, that's a, that's a good thing, right? Uh, but, but then some of our comfortable associations start to shift. You know what I'm saying? You, you know, like you, we was cool, but now I'm talking about Jesus. You know, so, so now things start to shift. And so at, at first you try to figure, how can I do to Jesus but still... Um, maintain my comfortable associations. I'm, I'm calling them comfortable associations. Well, I'm using me, you know. So, so you know, because I was playing basketball, I'm around folk to play basketball. But then I realized I can't, um, I can't be double-minded. I can't be a hypocrite. So I got to draw a line in the sand. And and really, no one was going to experience what I experienced unless I went all all in with it. You know, if, if you know, if I'm getting out the quicksand, and I got one foot out. But I'm telling you, man, you can, you can be free. But I still got a foot in the, in, in the quicksand, too. Like, you're looking at me like, you were here with me. You understand what I'm saying? So, so, so we have to draw a line in the sand. So we talked about how some of this message will be similar to something we taught, I don't know, four or five years ago, a series of truths. Because we go through different things as Christians. We have questions, we have questions that sometimes we don't even want to know the answer. You know, we just went as going over addicted, uh, it was uh, deceptive addictions. I know I'm really trying to talk about vices. You know, you just figure if I don't know, then I'm not in trouble. Uh, we we talked about sound effects, just you know the the sounds that we absorb and music and stuff like that. Eh, I don't really want to hear about that either. Um, but but think about it. If if I know everybody wants to be fulfilled and ben- benefit in life, and these truths are what frees us. The Bible says you know the truth. You read it this morning, right? Right? You know, if you continue in, you, in my word, you're my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the, and the truth shall make you free, right? The King James Version. I know you read a different version earlier today. That's the one I memorized, right? <laughs> right? So, and so, if we know the truth frees us, let's, let's be honest. Why do we run from the truth? Why do we get defensive? You know, I say we, you know, so as soon as you know truth coming up, you figure uh, you change the topic, uh, you can't make the meeting, uh, something else going on, you, you know, you get tense, you know, um, you create diversions, you ever create an argument to get out of an argument? You ever did that one? I did it, maybe y'all didn't, haven't done that one. Yeah, I created a, a big diversion, you know, you know, found something in the midst of the argument to magnify so it distracted from the truth that I was about to get. You ever did that before? Absolutely. Thanks, thanks, Lou. I know I wasn't by myself, right? Right? Uh, you know, <laughs> some people need to be awakened that they're doing it all the time, right? So, so today we're going to talk about um, uh, in drawing this line in the sand because I'm a Christian, right? So I live in Christ, right? Charlottean lives in Charlotte, right? All right, so it's because I live in Christ. But I, I interact with people that may or may not be Christian. Some may look like a Christian but not act like a Christian. Some may talk about Christianity but don't live for Christian. Some are, are all in locked in and stretching me to another level Christian, right? 
And then I have people that ain't nowhere near Christian. But they're not against Christianity. They just don't know about it, right? Then you have uh, folk that aren't Christian that just, you know, waiting on you, right? Waiting on us. All right, but then you have the people that are fighting against, you know, they might call themselves atheists and stuff like that, but an atheist is what? A person that doesn't believe in, denies the existence of God. But how can you deny the existence of God if God doesn't exist? The very thing that you're saying you're denying, you're playing off of. So you really, there's no such thing, right? All right, so, so, but you have that, you have that, and then you have some people that maybe front like, man, a guy I was working out with, I was like, well, you know, uh, if you're ever busy, you know, just come to the church. Man, I'm not, I'm not even feeling that. I'm not feeling that. Um, so we have all these different uh, uh, dynamics. Then you have this thing as a Christian where it's like, okay, once I walk down that aisle and accept Jesus. Now, let's be honest. Some of us walk down that aisle and just shake somebody's hand, Right? Certain places, you just shake the hand, right? Shake the hand, you get the envelopes, pay your dues, right? Don't, don't get all offended. I'm just, that's true. Everything I just said is true, right? Right? But that's not necessarily confessing with your mouth what you believe in your heart, that God raised Jesus from the dead. Because, of course, according to Romans 10, 9 and 10, that's how you're saved. You're not saved through baptism. Baptism doesn't save you, Right? That's the experience after salvation, right? Right? You're saved by what? Believe it in your heart. Ho, ho, ho. So, so that means you can confess with your mouth and not believe in your heart, right? Right? That's possible, right? Well, I'm going to read some scripture. It's possible. All right, so, so, but I believe my heart confessed with my mouth that God raised Jesus from the dead. I attach my faith to that. I experience what we call salvation or the new birth. We have a new birth class. It breaks it all down, Right? So I experienced this new birth. That means the Holy Spirit comes in and regenerates my spirit. Titus talks about that. He comes in and, and makes me alive, awakens my spirit, because my spirit was dead through sin. And if I would have kept going, I would have kept feeding that deadness and eventually would have manifested in my actual life, right? Because the wages of sin is death. So it starts out in the core, and the more I feed that sin, it manifests in actual death right? So the hope is that we grab Jesus before that happens, right? And the Holy Spirit comes in and quickens or makes alive our spirit, right? New birth, right? All right, so now you have this question. Is it all over? Oh, 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 oh stop, stop. Bible school people. <laughs> no, I'm saying, but this is the question people ask. Is either you ask it or somebody ask it or, or you know, so is it once I've accepted Jesus, once saved, am I always saved? Right? So today we're going to draw a line in the sand. Right? With the Word. So, so, so again, write the Scriptures down. Go study them for yourself. Remember, be like them, at, as, like them that are, are like uh, those that are at Thessalonica. They search the Scriptures to see if it's so. Sometimes we're responding with our feelings. Not with the word. Sometimes we, because we, we like somebody, we, we blow off the word because we go, but I like them. That's, that's my daughter or that's my son or that's my cousin or your mother, father, sister, brother, cousin, aunt, 
niece, nephew, everybody has choice, and your, your like doesn't make their choice. Do you understand that? You have to do what was done to you. You have to offer them something to awaken them, to, to, for them to recognize, I'm a sinner in need of salvation. Not, I'm a sinner, ah, you no good person. No, oh, I need help. You realize you need help, right? Or we realize we need help, right? How does it work with me here? All right, so 2 Timothy 3.16. Let's start here. Because we're talking about drawing a line in the sand, so let me open up with why we're... This is not just Pastor Keith's personal opinion of how things should flow. So 2 Timothy 3.16, this this is one of the scriptures in the morning, right? Right? Uh, I'm sorry, because I want all of us to kind of do this. Everybody know what I'm talking about. In the morning when? We have Bible study fellowship. We have have prayer from 5 to 6 a.m. every day from Monday through Friday, and then we have Bible study fellowship from 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. on a conference line. And so they go over an Old Testament chapter and a New Testament chapter, but then also there are certain passages that they walk through, and they do it over and over and over, get it deeper in their heart, meditating on the Word day and night. So this is one of the passages. 2 Timothy 3.16, it says, all Scripture, how much? All Scripture is given by inspiration of God, right? And we know this from Bible school. That's the vehicle for his revelation, right? It says, and it's profitable for, look, for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Now, do you see anything about is profitable for comfort? Is that in there anywhere? Now, I say all Scripture. Is it, is, it, is it in there? You don't say nothing about feelings, comfort, or nothing, right? It says, look, profitable for doctrine. This is what we're playing off. This is our foundation. My decisions is based on this doctrine. It's reproof. Oh, that's, that's checking some, some situation. So it's profitable for reproof. That means somebody says something and you're reproving them. Oh, no, 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 no. That's not correct. This is what God says, Right? Then it says, look, for correction. Now, we think correction is a bad thing. Well, you know, I've, I've shared it for thousands of years. Like, on, on, you type something in the, little, the red wiggly lines that's under what you type, it's, it's telling you it needs to be corrected. Do you break your, your tablet or computer? No, you correct the word, right? Remember, uh, Sabrina, you were saying, so Sabrina's an attorney, but you were saying that y'all, y'all was a, is it deliberations or what was it? What, Remember the commas and the over punctuations? Was it, a, what was it? Negotiations. So it took how long? Two months of negotiations on a contract, and most of the challenge was the punctuations. Because if you put the punctuations in this place, you're saying that's okay. If you put them in this place, you're saying, whoa, hold on a second. There's some stipulations with this, right? If, if you put a comma, that's all different from a, from a colon. It seems like you're all talking about one thought. But if you put the colon, I'm breaking down that original thought. You see what I'm saying? This is legal. People, money was involved on punctuations. You, you see what I'm saying? So, so correction. 
In other words, we're not giving you the money until it's clear and correct. I, I, that's a wonderful contract you sent me, but that ain't correct. That's not what I agreed to, right? You understand what I'm saying? God's saying, oh, no, no, that's not correct. That's not what you signed on for. Joe did a, a, a message for Guy Talk yesterday morning, Guy Talk at 10 a.m. <laughs> on, uh, doing a com- on a conference line on Saturday called Count the Cost. So you sign on, what's the cost? So I said, I'm a Christian. What does that really mean now? What am I committing to? Because a lot of times things are happening. We're like, I don't understand why this happened. It's like, did you read the, the contract? Did you read that you're going to have to go through the wilderness to purge all that junk out of you before you get where you're going? Oh, no, I send you to the wilderness to humble you and approve you so you will know what's in your heart, whether you will keep my commandments or not. Deuteronomy 8.2. That's, that's in the contract already. The wilderness ain't far. What, what are these tests? Oh, count it all joy that you, you, you fall into these tests, these diverse temptations. Knowing this, the trying of your faith work is patience, that patience have its perfect work, that you'll be perfectly entire, lacking nothing. It's in the contract. James 1, 2 through 4. I don't understand what this suffering is. Oh, no, no, no. It's in the contract. Romans 8, 11. The sufferings of this present time are worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed in you. It's in the contract. I don't understand why I'm not successful. Well, are you meditating on the word day and night? Do all that's written therein? Then shall you make your way prosperous. Then shall you have good success. Right? It's in the contract. You don't meditate on the word day and night. I don't have to give you success. According to the contract, you're not patient to wait on what I have for you. You need a patience after you've done the, my will. After you've done the contract, you receive the promise. You, you're looking at me like I'm chipping because you don't have a promise, but the contract says you got to do my will. That's good. That's good. Did you read it? Did you read all the commas? <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Just, I mean, I'm just saying for so, so, so man, I'm not even full of it. I'm doing a whole message on the one scripture. It's, it's like I got tons of notes here, right? <laughs> I said, it says, for instruction in righteousness. Oh. It didn't say just instruction. Instruction in righteousness. So I'm a Christian. I, I'm, I'm trying to get the instructions right. One thing I, I remember uh, when I first came on to play basketball, and I, and I made some d- dumb decisions. So I had an opportunity to play in this. Uh, it, was, it was a summer pro-am league. So I'm playing with uh, professionals, top college players. I played Division III. I mean, <laughs> we went to the Division III. T- uh, Final Four, but that don't that ain't nothing compared to the real deal. But I'm I'm having an opportunity to play with the Mark Jacksons and different people like that. So so when I first joined the team, a, a gentleman by the name of Rod Strickland had left because he was going to San Antonio Spurs. He had to work out with the coach. So when I when I when I saw that they was losing, I was like, hey, can I, can I get on the team? And the guy said, nah, we good. But Rod Strickland's brother had played against in a tryout. Uh, a few days earlier. He's like, no, put my man down. So they put me on the team. I get, I get in the game, and it was like, this is where I belong. Like, for, seriously, it's like I did everything right. All right, so then I come to the next game, and one of the guys that played overseas that's been playing with them for years, he's back. You know, he's, you know we both play point guard, but he's about like 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, so when the game starts, he's in the game, and I'm sitting there the whole half. I'm sitting there getting mad. I'm getting hot now. I'm like, Really? Are we serious right now? 
And then we're not really, the game ain't really, we ain't balling. I'm like, any day now, bruh. So I'm so mad. Halftime comes. I'm shooting around, but I'm shooting around like, I'm, I'm hot. So the coach comes up to me and says, hey, ball's in your hand. It's all yours now. For the whole second half. Well, I had to get out of my funk for probably a whole quarter. You know what I didn't understand? I didn't understand the system. First of all, it's my first year with the team. I don't have no accolades, keeping it real. This guy, top college player, plays in overseas pros, right? Mind you, personally, I didn't think he's better than me, but, but the reality is he, he's established himself. I'm just, so I had to understand the system. I didn't know, I didn't know the system. I just figured you're good, you play. Now forget all that other stuff, just put me in the game. But there's a system. So, in the, so this is how we operate in the kingdom. We're like, we're, we're mad. I see they got that opportunity, got this. No, 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 no. You better learn the system. They learned the system. Okay, okay. So stay with me here. Let's go to John 8. John 16, I'm sorry, John 16. And we're talking, I'm just setting the stage for this line in the sand we're about to draw. Right? Just setting the stage for the line in the sand. Because we'll, we'll, we'll discover what's going on. All right, so verse 8, John 16, verse 8. It says, when he has come, this is in red letters, he will reprove the world of sin. Right? It does say that there, right? Right? And, and that we convince the world of sin. Right? It says, and he'll convince the world of righteousness, what really is righteousness, and he'll convince the world of judgment. And then he breaks down, of sin because they believe not on me. I have to convince them that you're not, if you believed on me, you wouldn't be in sin. You wouldn't take any bribes. Right? He says, of righteousness because I go to the Father and ye see me no more. So I got to convince you to live a right standard for you to, to benefit from what you were benefiting while I was here. Right? He says, of judgment because the prince of the world is judged. And if you're hanging with him, you're going to be judged with him. Right? And so, so, so again, what he's saying is I'm showing up to draw a line in the sand. To show you the reality. Not, not, not based on your feelings, but, but they cool. It ain't, it ain't about that. Do you care? I'm cool with a lot of people, but I care enough to give them the truth. Right? You, you understand what I'm saying? This is not putting nobody down. It's just like, it's just challenging us to really draw a line in the sand. Right? All right. So let's ask ourselves a few questions. Because when we come on this life, why wouldn't we keep pressing to be disciples, be diligent in the Word? Why wouldn't we be consistent in the things of God? Why is it so easy for us to blow off some things of God? You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to do that right now. I'm not, no big deal. Hey, don't judge me. Why is it so easy for us to, to even grab on the statements like that? Nobody's perfect. Like, why does that take so easily, right? Because in some of our minds, once saved, always saved. I, I walk... I accepted Jesus, my Lord and Savior. What more you want? Not knowing that we came back into the, the fold, into the body for. Not just come back into the body just, just to exist. It's for. 
So, so we wasn't just out of fellowship with God. We were out of fellowship with our purpose. Why we were designed. When we come back in fellowship with God, we come back in fellowship with our purpose. So we're coming back for, not coming back just to wear it as a badge. Right? So, 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 so why would people think once saved, always saved? And, and if that's true, where does repentance fit? Like if it's once saved, always saved, why would it, repentance need to be in, in the contract? Right? We, we just talked about contracts, right? Why would I put repentance in there? If once saved, always saved, I would just put, accept Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, bam, you, it's done. Why do I still have repentance in there? Right? You, it wouldn't make a difference. No, no, hey, you know what I would say? Because, you know, I was, I was a, uh, we, we call it, uh, uh, I'm going to call, uh, I was a fake lawyer. I had no credentials, but I sure was acting it. I would break you down. I made a case for everything, especially when I wasn't living right, right? So if you came to me and I heard once they were always saved and somebody was talking about repentance, I was like, why well, I need to repent? I accepted Jesus. I'm good. You throw that scripture out the Bible as far as I'm concerned because once saved, always saved, right? Right? So... <laughs> <laughs> so, why then must we confess and be cleansed of sin and the un- no, no, be, be forgiven of sin, I'm sorry, be forgiven of sin and cleansed of unrighteousness? First John 1 9, it says, But if you confess your sin, agree that you sin, God is faithful to forgive you of the sin and cleanse you of the unrighteousness. Why would that even be necessary? That's the scripture we use for backsliders, right? But there wouldn't be no such thing as a backslider. But then why does the Bible say God loves the backslider? Help me out. How can there be a backslider if once saved, always saved? Why would he put that in the contract? Just, hey, hey, go study it out for yourself. I'm just, just fool for thought, some questions, that's all. Why would we need any more forgiveness once we are saved? The scripture says, you can have whatsoever you say if you shall not doubt in your heart, right? It says, but when you stand praying, forgive, and the Father will forgive you. If you don't forgive, the Father won't forgive you. This is Mark eleven twenty-five. Well, why would that even be necessary? Once saved, always saved. Why, why would I need forgiveness ever again? Matter of fact, I'm in a relationship and I do somebody wrong. Why would I even think to forgive them? I'm going to heaven. So, so, so they're going, well, you did me wrong. Yeah, but I'm going to heaven now. Ha, ha, ha. See, see, see. <laughs> but think, <laughs> think about it. If it's one saved, that's going to be my angle, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I can be a clown sometimes. Let's go to Matthew 13. <laughs> Vivid imagination. Okay, uh, Matthew 13, and we're going to lock in on uh, verse 41. Matthew 13, verse 41. I think this is interesting because, again, Now, I asked you some questions, 
But I want you to take, I mean, study these scriptures out and look harder, look deep into them. Look, it says, the Son of Man shall send forth his angels, right? And they shall gather out of his kingdom all things that offend, look, look, and them which do iniquity. Wait, 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 wait. Before I go further, these people are in the kingdom. Right? They're already in. But according to this, he's going to take some out. And shall cast them into a furnace of fire, and there shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father, who has ears to hear, let him hear. Why is this in the Bible? Because we know the weeping and gnashing of teeth, what's that? That's hell, right? According to the Bible, right? They'll be weeping and gnashing the teeth, right? Hell. But this says he's going to gather out of his kingdom. He didn't say any kingdom. See, because, you know, we, hey, hey, Sabrina, we be moving around the commas and stuff, right? We forget words. Like, we'll slip. He said kingdom. No, no, he said his kingdom. See, well, we got we to gotta read all the words, not just the ones we're, you know, you know we just, we, we just be making up scriptures. God won't put on you more than you can bear. That's not in the Bible. You know what I'm saying? But we make these things up without really trying to. How many of y'all just be signing contracts and you don't know what's in it? And they take all your money and then you go, you can't take my money. They go, oh, yes, I can. Oh, yes, I can. When we, we signed a contract with the second location, lease option to buy. That means so we're going to be there. And, and I offered them a progressive lease because we couldn't afford this building. We was paying $700 a month. They asked for $9,000. This was the, the, the other 21 acres we was on. So I offered them a progressive lease. Never did it before, but I was like, the Lord told me to tell it. So progressive lease, we're going to pay you. We're going to pay you. Six months, we'll pay you this. A year, we'll pay you this. After, the, after two years, we take over the building. Well, when that time comes, it was like, uh, uh, the, the wife was like, oh, man, I shouldn't have said that. Too late. All right. But the, the, the response was, oh, no, no, no. Oh, uh, my husband's not going to go for that. So I said, we probably should have a meeting. So we go to the meeting. I left the contract in the car. We get out, and it was just like, oh, no, we would never put that in the contract. So I went out to the car. I was like, here you go. <laughs> the husband looked at it. He was like, you know why? Because it was in the contract. So we could have stayed at that location. Based on the contract, because I'm, we're Christians, we're like, listen, man, we ain't going to fight over uh, location. Let's figure out what we can do. So we ended up moving. Because <laughs> right? what, what, the, what the compromise was, it just wasn't going to work for us. You understand what I'm saying? Are you reading a contract? Joe, Joe taught count the cost, right? And some people go, it's a cost? Man, I'm not trying to be a Christian. You're already paying a cost. Do you think you get sin for free? It's costing. It costs more. Listen, you're paying more than you deserve. So if you're going to pay, why not come to the kingdom? Because you are paying. The difference is the devil has fine print. He don't tell you the upfront cost. God just tells you the upfront cost. So when you start start getting mad at him, he goes, I told you what the cost was. With the devil, you go, you get mad at him, he go, well, you should have read. <laughs> it was right there in fine print. You were so busy, excited about the pleasure, 
You didn't see I was playing you. Right? Okay, so, so, <laughs> just keeping it real. All right, so let's go, to, let's go to Matthew 7. All right, so now, once saved, always saved, but Isaac, you read that too, right? Some people is going to be taken out of the kingdom. If they got in the kingdom, how are you going to be taken out? And it talked about iniquity, those that did. We'll get into that. I mean, this is a, I love this passage. I opened up with it. I opened up with the first verse of it, but let's read some more, okay? So Matthew 7, verse 13. And this is the draw your line in the scripture. It opens up with draw a line in the sand. Look, it says, enter ye at the straight gate. Did I say 713? Okay. Enter ye at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. Look, and many there be which go thereat. So many people take the broad, the broad way and end up in destruction, as opposed to taking the straight gate and not dealing with that. Now, look, it breaks, breaks it down. Verse 14. It says, because straight is the gate, and now is the way which leadeth unto life. Look. So what leads to life, and few there be that find it. Few people find the straight path, because few people draw a line in the same. All right, verse 15. It says, beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are raving in wolves. We just talked about the, the fake contract Satan gave us, right? Back in the day for me. All right. It says, ye shall know them by their fruits, not by what they say. But why would they do? There's people uh, living around us all the time. They tell us a whole lot of things. You looking right at their fruit. What's what's this Jedi mind trick? You don't see me doing this. You don't see me compromising. You don't see me paying you no mind. You don't see that. You have enough love and incentive for the both of us, so you don't even see I ain't doing nothing in this relationship. You don't see that. Uh oh. Somebody online just fell out their chair. Get back up. It's okay. (laughs) Verse 16. It says, You shall know them by their fruit. Uh, Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. Right? That's pretty simple, right? A good, look, a good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit. So if you see evil fruit, that can't be a good tree, right? It says, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is honed down, hewn down and cast into fire. It says, Where, it says, wherefore by their fruit you shall know them. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, oh, made that confession of salvation, what shall enter into the kingdom of heaven? It says not everybody will enter. I thought it's one saved, always saved. It says, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Uh-oh, there's more to salvation. I got to do his will. So it says that the people that enter in will be doing the Father's will. Not saying one thing, but doing the devil's will. It says, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? In thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye work of iniquity. What he's saying is, see, see, 
Bible school students understand this. Doing the mimicking what seems to be the right religious things to do doesn't equal obedience. Obedience is what God tells you to do. Not you doing something and saying, I, I pretty much know you want to do this. Hey, Saul saved gold and sheep for the people. God said, I didn't tell you to do that. He says, I would rather obedience than sacrifice. So we're making sacrifices and trying to get them grandfathered in as obedience. Those who are coming into the kingdom will be doing the will of the Father, living in obedience. Because that's something nobody can hide. You can't front obedience, right? Right? <laughs> Let's get some other wisdom, right? I look, the, the, the scripture says they that work iniquity. The Amplifier says those who act wickedly disregarding my commands. So now disregarding commands could be overt or covert. You, you, ever, you, ever, you ever have a parent tell you something or, or somebody, a boss will tell you something and you're not in agreement or coach and you, if, if they walked away, they thought you got it. And you're going to do it. But you walked away. It's like, I'm not doing that. And you do the opposite. I, mean, I, I remember sometimes they would put me in games. We run the play. Are we going to do this, that, and that? I'd I, I, I be walking away from the huddle like, please. We'd rather run this play. That's stupid. Right? Well, I disregarded the instructions. Right? Regardless of if, my, if, if I felt I had the right thing to do, I disregarded the instructions. I remember I would come down, throw a pass. Guy would dunk, crowd go, ah! The coach would be yelling, Bradley! That guy y'all saw in the video, Bradley, what should have been? Bounce pass, coach, bounce pass, coach. As far as he's concerned, be obedient to what I told you to do and do it the way I told you to do it because what I'm telling you to do is going to help you going forward. What you did was cute, but you can't do that all the time. I'm trying to train you to do it the right way all the time, and that's going to translate under pressure. The way you're doing it, you better feel good that day because if you don't feel good, that ain't going to work. What God has given us can translate to every level, every arena, every environment we're in. What we feel like is important is limited. And we've already proven it. We just sometimes are in denial when we see the results. So so when it says, ye workers of iniquity, disregard my commands. Iniquity is bent, twisted, perverted, hostility to God and his people. So when it's saying, when you're not doing my will, you're separating yourself from the body. You're not helping the people you say you love. You're saying you love me. You love my head or do you love my whole? Because that would include the body. That's why it says love God with all your heart and soul. It says and love others as yourself. Because what you're saying is don't just love the head, love the body. You got to love the people too. And when, you, when you're disobedient, it's going to cost the people you say you love. I used to tell players when we would play, some guys under pressure, they, 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 some, pe- some people get scared, but some people attack under pressure. Some of y'all know that well. Y'all do that in arguments, right? Right? So, 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 so under pressure, this one guy, he would always attack. He's a good player. I said, man, stop leaving the team, man. He said, what are you talking about? I said, every time somebody, you know, attack you because you're shorter, this, that, and the other, and listen, you can play, but we're trying to win. I said, you're leaving the team to prove something to them. So you have another vision outside of ours. 
You're costing us because you have your own agenda. Right? That's what God is saying. When you, don't do my, when you do my will, we're all in harmony. The body benefits. When you do your will, you're costing the body. But you say you love, you love me. But you only love my head. You don't love my body. You don't love my whole. Right? Just, just, just think about this. Uh, so inequity cancels out work. So the scripture talks about doing good works. Right? So the inequity cancels out the work. So, 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 so let's look at it from this angle. Having salvation and living in it is two different things. So in other words, when I accept Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, I, I get salvation, right? But living in that salvation is two different things because the Bible says, just shall by faith. So that's, if I'm living by faith, I'm living in the trusting and relying on God. So it's, it's easy to be obedient. Like, like, if you really trust the instructor or the leader, you're just going to do it. You know, if you trust your parents, whatever they say. You know, I have a great relationship with my grandson. He's coming up to play basketball. If I give him something, he trusts it. You know, right now, I'm, thank God, I'm still, I'm, I know I'm 60, but I still can show and tell. So I'll tell him something, and I'll show him this is exactly how you want to do it. You know, you want to bring it behind your back. You want to cross over, step back, cross back over. But I'll show him actually how to do it. So he's trusting because he's seeing he's carrying this out. Right? It's the same thing with us. Right? It's the same thing with us. It's, but, but God has already carried it out. He sent his son to die for us. To be obedient unto death. Nothing less than obedient. It wasn't 99% obedient. It was 100%. It, was, it wasn't... Uh, 1% compromise. No compromise. And we think, well, that's Jesus. No, he gave up all the Messiah stuff to show us how to depend on God. But the difference is he trusted God, no matter how it looked, no matter how they attacked him, no matter how much they tried to stone him, kill him, whatever they tried to do. Trust God, even to the point of the cross. So he already showed us how to do it. He's hoping we follow the path, Right? And so, so if you see, uh, if this inequity can cancel out some things, then with all due respect, is it one save, always save? I mean, I just, just, just think about the question, right? Because according to that passage we just read, it seems like only the obedient is going to enter into the kingdom. Because he said you work over inequity. People that operate in equity are not obedient, right? See, I, I, I just... I, 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 all right, so, so we have this other, this other question in this realm of once saved, always saved. So you have Ephesians 2 that says, uh, let me see, you are saved by grace through faith, right? And that not of yourselves is the gift of God, right? You are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus under good works, right? So I'm saved by faith, right? Not of works, lest any man should boast. So works doesn't save me, right? So that's going to be your angle that you'll hear. Hey, well, you know, once I'm saved, I'm saved. You know, I don't need to do nothing else. That's works, man. I don't need to do no works, okay, right? Based on that scripture, that sounds correct, right? I don't need to do any works at all, even though we're talking about a particular category of salvation, right? 
All right, but then let's go to this other scripture because you know how sometimes people say the Bible contradicts itself and then walk away. If I see something that's contradictive, I'm going to look harder. Right? When you're doing a contract and it seems it's contradicting, you go, man, this contract's contradicting. You ain't going to find a why or what's missing. All right, so, so here's a seemingly contradicting statement. So, the just shall live by faith, not of works, right? 17, James 2, 17. Oh, I never told y'all? I just went there, just left y'all, right? Took off. You got to be walking in the spirit. You should have picked that up. <laughs> All right. So, James 2, 17 says, even so faith, right? If it has not works, is dead being alone. Well, which one is it? Not of works or faith that, that needs works. I mean, isn't that contradicting? Well, somebody's going to say no because they already know me. <laughs> you know me. I ain't bringing it up. If it ain't. Okay, so we're... James is talking about faith. Okay. All right, let me see if I get this right. All right, so Ephesians is talking about you don't need works for your atonement, right? For your, Jesus did that. Jesus paid the price, right? Right? So it's saying that price that was paid was not of works. There's nothing you can do. First of all, it's already done. So, so, so you, can, you can hop, skip, jump. The, the wages of sin was death. Jesus paid the death price for that sin. You don't have to pay the price for that sin, right? All right, so, but a person can have saving faith without producing any good works. James is talking about the good works that's, that's as a result of this salvation. So I have faith in God and faith in God, and I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. From that point of salvation, I'm moving on to be a disciple, and now I'm, the more deeper I go into God, the more fruit comes out and the more good works is produced. So, so what it's saying, faith without works is dead. That means if I have faith, the fruit of good works is going to come out of me automatically, not as a, a, a labor for atonement. I'm not, trying to, I'm not trying to atone for my sins. I'm trying to get, assist other people in, into participating in the atonement. You understand what I'm saying? Does that make sense? So it's talking about two different works, right? Does that make sense? Right. All right, so, and then, um, let's see, verse 17, verse 20, it says, uh, well, I read 17, right? Did I read 17? Oh, I'm in the wrong, I'm in Matthews. I don't know how I got to Matthews and I was just in James. All right, so 2, 17 says, even so faith, if it has not works, is dead, being alone. It says, uh, it says, yea, a man, a man, man may say, thou hast faith, I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works and I will show you thee my faith by my works, right? 
And then uh, uh, it says, thou, thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. So he's saying just believing in God. The devils believe in God, <laughs> right? So if that was salvation was just, I just need you to believe me. That's it, right? And then 20, it says, but wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? See, see, see if thou how faith wrought with his works, and by works was faith made perfect. Right? It says, and the scripture was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. You see then how that by works a man is justified and not by faith only. Likewise, also was not Rahab, the harlot justified by works when she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. So what it's saying is that's the fruit. See, Abraham didn't just tell God he believed him. He was willing to sacrifice the son. He was willing to act on it. Rahab acted on it. Listen, I don't know what y'all about y'all, but I believe that they're the children of God, and I'm going to help them. <laughs> so maybe, maybe I don't die. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, 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 so she acted on it. It was the fruit of faith, right? That, that, that's pretty much what we're talking about. So the works are an outward show of genuine faith in the sight of others. It's an outward show. See, genuine faith in Christ will produce a changed life and result in good works. Genuine faith in Christ will produce a changed life and result in good works. If I'm not genuinely in Christ, I'm going to be talking Jesus but producing bad works. I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk Jesus but represent the devil. Not because I'm trying to be evil, because I don't understand that I didn't just sign on to wipe my forehead. James talked about earlier today. He says, you know, when people pray, a lot of times they pray, and then they just... Whew, like it's over. You know, like one, they don't have to listen to God. They don't have to thank God. They don't have to watch for the results of prayer. That's this morning's class and discipleship class. But it's the same thing with Christianity. It's like we wipe our forehead and we, we make these grand statements a lot of times. I'm a Christian, but, but listen, I don't go around telling people I'm a man because I am. People should be telling you you're a Christian. Most of the time we are making the statement because we're doing something contrary and the world told us, here, your get out of conviction, your get out of condemnation, your get out of responsibility card is don't judge me. Hey, whoa, whoa, I got my card. We ain't playing Monopoly. Lives are at stake. I mean, just, just I mean, hey, take, just take time to think about it, okay? Just take time to think about it. Read through the Scriptures for yourself. So you're not justified by works, um, but your true justification should manifest in the fruit of good works. I'm not justified by the works, meaning I'm not atoned by the works, but because I'm atoned, it should result in good works, right? That's why the Scripture says you know them by their fruit. I, I, I got this from Charles Spurgeon. He said, uh, atonement profiteth me little but integrity profited me much more. So, so to be atoned 
is a profit to me. I'm, I'm, I'm in. But my integrity and in how I live this life is more of a benefit than even me first coming to Christ. How I, how I um, show the value of what I did, how I use it to my advantage, right? So, so we can all have a basketball, but we ain't going to use it the same way. Somebody may use it for a pumpkin. You know what I'm saying? Like, like everybody's not going to use it the same way. So just because we've accepted Jesus, we're not all maximizing the value of what we've been afforded, right? So John 5, 29, John 5, 29. I'm going to give you the scriptures, let you go in the next couple weeks, let you go really, really meditate on this stuff and, you know, really draw a line in the sand that are you, you going to do this or not? You know, uh, Revelations talks about, uh, is Revelations 3 or Revelations 1, so you lukewarm, I spit you out of my mouth. All right, you're playing both sides. You could do that in the world, but I ain't stupid. I could see guys saying, like, I'm not stupid. You ain't with me. And I did this example for baptism. We'll go to the scripture in a second. I did baptism with the, with the, with the uh, kids. I forgot whose house it was at, but it was at, uh, I think the Mervyn's house. And um, so, so I had a bottle of water. I was just teaching them. Had a bottle of water, and I put a little bit of dirt in it. So most of the bottle was is, is just, just clear water. I probably, in this particular case, 98% of it. Just put like 2% dirt. So 2% of the bottle was dirty, and the, the rest of it was clear? You think? The whole bottle was dirty with just 2% dirt. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like, so, so we... We, we think God is looking, when he says, depart from me, I don't know you, he's saying, okay, I hear, I see the ID you presented, I hear everything you communicated, you're really given a life history of, 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 of Jimmy's life, the, everything you described about Jimmy, everything you said Jimmy went through in his life, all that seems accurate. So, but who are you? Because you're not what I designed. And, and, and if you would have been obedient and stayed li- in line with my will, you would be showing up, having evolved into what I purposed you to be. Depart from me, you work of an equity. I don't know you. The scripture says, now we're looking through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now we'll know in part, but then we'll know even as we're known by God. Scripture says he was intimate with you before you was in the mother's womb. I knew you, that word means intimate with, before you was in the mother's womb. So I didn't send you to change what I fearfully and wonderfully made. Obedience would have kept you being the best of what I designed. You've allowed all this corruption and you're trying to present to me uh, a compromised package. Depart from me. I don't know you. You work of iniquity. You're bent. You're twisted. You're perverted. Wicked. That's twisted. Perverted. It's not what I designed. And, that, and, and, and the twisted, wicked, per, wicked perversion of you can't enter in my kingdom. Think about it for a second. You're going to go from earth to heaven, and we're going to talk about how the kingdom and eternity 
uh, parallels in the next couple of weeks. You're going to go there, but I'm going to let you come in carrying a corrupt package. You keep that on earth, but we ain't bringing nobody into heaven for people to look around and say, well, I, I thought this place would be perfect. What's that over there? That could change the entire atmosphere. Hang out with somebody corrupt and see how the whole atmosphere changes. Have, have a great week in the Lord. We do about to do fast week. Have a great week in the Lord and start hanging around somebody corrupt. I guarantee you, an argument going to break out, misunderstanding, you're going to feel sick. All of a sudden, the, those depressive thoughts you thought you got rid of, they'll show back up because they brought them with them. You was confident, I can do this. And all of a sudden, you're like, can I do this? I don't know if I can do this. Somebody can do this. They brought that with them too. All of a sudden, you, 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 you get, you're feeling like tempted to do stuff you ain't did before. They brought that with them too. Change the whole atmosphere of your harmony with God just by showing up. Okay. John 5, 29. John 5, 29. Just, just getting us ready for fast week, that's all. John 5, 29, and I'm going to read out the Amplified, classic Amplified. It says, and they shall come out, those who have practiced doing good will come out to the resurrection of a new life. And those who have done evil will be raised for judgment, raised to meet their sentence. So it's saying that there's a whole lot of people showing up, people that did good my will. Oh, they're gonna be they're gonna be rolling. People that did not, they they're gonna tell they done told they, they done told themselves for years. Once saved, always saved. I'm good. I'm good. That's not what the scripture says. All right, let's go to Jude five, and then I'm a, I'm a, let me see Jude five. We'll see what Jude five does. Jude no, Jude is one chapter, verses five through nine. <laughs> Some of the Bible apps has it as Jude 1. It's only one chapter, you know. All right, so I'm going to read this out of Amplified, too. I think it'll bring, bring a little clarity. It says, now I want to remind you, though you were fully informed, though you were fully informed once and for all, that though the Lord at one time delivered, though the Lord at one time delivered a people out of the land of Egypt, he subsequently destroyed those of them who did not believe and refused to adhere to, trust in, and rely on him. And angels who did not keep, care for, guard, or hold to their own first place of power, but abandoned their proper dwelling place, these he has reserved in custody in eternal chains, bonds, under the thick gloom of utter darkness until the judgment and doom of the great day. The wicked are sentenced to suffer, just as Sodom and Gomorrah and the adjacent towns, which likewise gave themselves over to impurity and indulge in unnatural vice and sensual perversity, are laid out in plain sight as an exhibit of perpetual punishment to, to warn of everlasting fire. We know that's hell, right? Nevertheless, in like manner, these dreamers also corrupt the body, scorn and reject authority and government, and revile and libel 
and scoff at heavenly glories, the glorious ones. But when even the archangel Michael, contending with the devil, judiciously argued, disputed about the body of Moses, he dared not presume to bring an abusive condemnation against him, but simply said, the Lord rebuke you. Now, here you have this. You have, you have this, this, this is basically breaking down the culture. He said, okay, the children of Israel were in bondage, right? Bondage because of their choice. So, if, you, if, you, if, you go, if we go back to the entire story, it's, it's, it was their choice that, that got them in this situation. Now, the abuse wasn't their choice. Once they got in the bondage, the people just went buck wild on them. All right? But they cried out to God. So, God sends Moses, Aaron, to deliver them. So, he does all these miracles, signs, wonders, you know, all these plagues, and they're out. And so, they go through the, to the wilderness. Right after they're delivered, they go to the wilderness. Right after Jesus was baptized and God said, this is my son whom I'm well pleased, whom, whom I am well pleased, is uh, uh, Matthew 3, 27. Right after that says the Holy Spirit took him into the wilderness. Something happens when you're exposed to things outside of God. So the wilderness purges out the funk so it doesn't corrupt you when you get to purpose. All right, so, so it says, so, so they're in the wilderness, they're in bondage. So, you know, when you're in bondage, you're tempted to compromise, cheat, uh, take the path of least resistance. Y'all, y'all forgot when y'all was in bondage? Okay, all right, just, I just thought it was just me. All right, all right so, so you, you're tempted to do all those things. Now, so you go into the wilderness to purge all this stuff out of you. Well, some people embraced the purging. Some people complained. He just, he just got you out of bondage. You can go back to Hotel Pyramid if you want to. Just go on back. Hey, hey, you know, you can go back to the projects because basically there was some projects. You go back to the project, right? And, but God, after they got to the wilderness, everybody didn't get out of the wilderness. Those that didn't trust, believe, and rely on God was buried in the wilderness. They were saved. The scriptures just said it. If that happened to them, who wasn't exposed to all we're exposed to, his, he, he said the son for us. He sent Moses for them. So if that happened to them, that scripture is saying... When is things going to happen to us? If we don't trust, believe, and rely on God. Once I, 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 just, just, just keep asking. Ask yourself the question in light of the documentation that you're getting. You know what I'm saying? It, just, it doesn't... 1 Peter 2.16 says this. I'm, I'm going to read it, amplified of it. It says, live as free people, right? Yet without employing your freedom as a pretext for wickedness. But live at all times as servants of God. So that's the whole thing. The thing is, yes, you have salvation, but you're not, you, you weren't relieved of eternal death to, to live corruptly. It wouldn't even make sense. Why would I pay for you 
to be out of fellowship with me. That's like you, you okay, so, so you're in a marriage, um, you're in a marriage, everything's going good, so you, you bust your butt, you work hard, and when you, when you come home, you give money to your spouse. Your spouse takes the money, and they take out three other people. Three other, so uh, I'll just use, I use, I use the woman, you know, busting her butt, working hard, gives money, and, you, and, you, and your spouse is spending it on somebody else. And you're just so happy because they walked down the aisle. Well, they walked down the aisle and they gave me a ring. So if they want to spend my money on other people and spend more of their time fellowship with other people, I'm fine with it. I have a ring. That's how we roll it? The script says you, you being evil know how to give good gifts to your kids, how much to the father. Wait, my point is, so, so God, oh, you got more sense than God. You ain't going for that, but God is, God is so loving. He doesn't care that I don't spend time with him. He doesn't care that I'm not obedient to his will, that, but I'm following somebody else's will. He doesn't care I'm in bondage with somebody. God, God cool, man. God cool. No, he cool. We cool. You know, you tell people, no, nah, they cool. They cool. They cool. You ain't asked the person, though. Uh, so we're gonna make these plans to go somewhere. Uh, can you go? Yeah, I'll go. Did, did you did, did you ask your spouse? Oh, they cool. They cool. You ain't ask them. You don't know if they have plans or nothing. I, I, I want us to kind of think these through. Look, uh, Galatians five thirteen says this: For brethren, you have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. Both of them are saying the same thing. You're free to serve each other, not free to go out there and just while out do anything. Can y'all, that's scripture, right? I, I didn't make this up, right? Did y'all read the scripture a different way? Well, I don't want to say right now, you, you got the mic. <laughs> right, but, but, I'm, but what, I'm, what I'm trying to tell you is, and, and we'll get into, uh, we'll get into some more, like, we really get into how you maybe not even realize that you actually can, can, you can take the salvation and throw it away. But I'm going to give you scripture. I'll let you just decide it for yourself. You know, I'll just give you scripture. Now, I gave you some scripture that says everybody don't get in. And so, 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 for me, I would have, I asked myself, so I lived this, this, this life all in. I'm, I'm growing just like the rest of you guys, but Dave was a man after God's own heart. Let's use David because somebody brought him up the other day. David's a man after God's own heart. So people said, well, David uh, set up uh, Uriah, Uriah, yeah, Uriah, which is uh, Bathsheba's husband, to get killed, right? You know, because he was, he, he was supposed to be at war. He was, he was supposed to be fulfilling purpose, but he's sitting around the house. And when you sit around the house, you can get tempted. He's looking out the window in somebody else's yard, <laughs> right? So, 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 so he got so caught up in his lust for her. He's like, I got to get rid of the husband. You know, I just can't get with her and she's married. Well, if I get rid of the husband, she ain't married no more. So then it's cool. This is how your mind works when you're idle, right? So David does this, and, and people trip that David is called a man after God's own heart. And I guarantee he's not, he's not called a man after God's own heart for that moment. 
He's called the man after God's own heart for the entirety of how he operates. All of David's efforts was to be obedient to God's will. Study the Bible out. David did some things. David could have took folk out. He's like, no, I'm going to be obedient to authority. So because of his obedience to authority, no matter what, he's considered a man's after God's own heart. He slipped, and if you go read Psalm 51, you'll see his, his response to him, him falling. They made no excuses. Didn't blame nobody. Every time David made a mistake, he dealt with the consequences. It wasn't nobody else's fault. Every time he didn't do something, had a conversation with God. You know, first of all, Nathan comes to him and gives him a story. He says, what would you do to a person that was in this situation? Oh, my God. That, we need to destroy that person. They need to go through this. He says, okay, so that person's you. But the interesting thing is, let's look at a man after God's own heart. Obviously, he was so clouded, he's listened to a story about himself and didn't realize it was him. Once he realized it was him, he went to repent. His heart was broken. Sacrifice to God, a broken and contrite heart, Psalm 51, 17. Lord, create me a clean heart, renew a right spirit in me, Psalm 51, 10. Right? Once he recognized, so he wasn't making excuses. He wasn't saying, hey, nobody's perfect. He wasn't saying, don't judge me. No, judge me. And let me deal with the consequences of my actions. Because I'm wrong. You see what I'm saying? He wasn't trying to figure a way around it. He wasn't trying to find somebody else that did something like that close to it, maybe, so I can justify what I'm doing. He didn't even bring up, hey, are we serious right now? Look at what Saul did. At least I ain't do what Saul was doing. Saul was really being disobedient. I was rolling like, he ain't do that. He ain't look around. He ain't look left. He ain't look right. He looked in here. You, know, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, so, 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 so take time to look in here. It's not a bad thing. It's excruciating, but you know it's a cost. That's all it is. It's a cost. Who builds a house and don't count the cost? You gonna pay? Why not pay for fulfillment? Man, who wants to keep carrying around this mess? You ever have a, a pain that just keeps popping up? You tired of that? That's why people do surgery, right? Because it's, oh man, I'm just tired, right? You get tired of that. Well, God's saying, hey, let's do the spiritual surgery. It's gonna cost, just like surgery does. There's some pain involved. Some discomfort, but, when it, but, but, but once we get everything back in line the way it's supposed to be, now it's connected to its already designed healing process. But when it was out of joint, when it was pulled off the bone, it wasn't getting, it wasn't in the bloodline. So it wasn't getting the oxygen it needs, the nutrients it needs to heal itself. So what we did was we, when we repaired it, you thought we gave you something new. We just put it back in place. Now it can receive the blood. Did y'all get that? <laughs> right? You said that's all he's he doing. So, so I get it. I get it. Pastor, lying in the sand. Some people, I mean, there's a lot of people on vacation. This is uh, Labor Day weekend. And then I know last week was the, I know it was the peak season. I learned all these things when I came to Charlotte. 
Newark, New Jersey, we want, well, maybe you will. I, I wasn't talking about no peak season or vacations. Like, I didn't know. They know the, listen, it was May one time. I was like, where everybody at? It's like, well, you know, peak season, I mean, uh, was it off peak season? Well, peak season started, whatever. They was giving me dates. I was like, no, that's where everybody, I was like, that's right. we're in a sunny place. Everybody's just, everybody's going on vacation all the time. Like, you know, but, but some people lying in the sand. Ah, man, that's, that's, that's responsibility. It's just a, it sounds like responsibility. I don't know if I want to hear that. Sound the facts. Wait, he's talking about music. I, ain't, I don't know if I want to hear that. Oh, deceptive addictions. Addictions. I, man, I, if, if I have one, so, hey, hey, people got to die from something. We, we in a rush? <laughs> Are we, we trying to rush it? Think, think about it. Some people get so overwhelmed. I'm not being insensitive. Where they think about killing themselves. What nobody knows is people try to kill themselves for relief, right? That's, that's why, right? This is, this is not being insensitive. This, this will help you help somebody. Relief from everything that they're going through. First of all, what they're going through is a temporary situation. Now, I had a young man. It was my profession, so I had to. Suicide awareness was, I was trained for it. So a young man, I'm about to kill myself. I said, hold on, before you kill yourself, I don't believe in this, but I just... I was trying to meet him where he was at. I said, let me hold on to your crystal ball, you know. I, he, he said, what? I said, because I don't gamble, but if I had your crystal ball, I'm not gambling. I actually know what's about to happen. He said, what are you talking about? I said, you've seen your future, right? And you don't like it, so you're killing yourself. He said, huh? I never thought about that. I said, I, you ain't killing yourself because of your present circumstances, are you? I said, you're like 17. I know these are, those are subject to change. I don't care what they are. They're subject to change. There's nothing in this earth realm that's not subject to temporary. He was like, I never looked at it that way. Right? So a lot of times people are making that decision. Then, then there's something the devil don't tell them that's in the contract. He tells them about the present relief, but he doesn't tell them about the eternal torment. What's your... The mindset and what you're dealing with, you just took into eternity. Once you go in there, you can't accept Jesus and nothing like that. It's over. He don't tell you about that. You take that same state into eternity, so what you thought you was going to get relief, what you were dealing with, you got to deal with for eternity. He don't tell you that about lust either. When you take that lust into eternity, it can't be satisfied. That's why it's called torments. It's like the most worst itch in the world that you will never be able to scratch, but you're going to have it for the rest of your life, but for eternity. Nobody tells you about this, this stuff. If Jesus came today, you're taking whatever you're, whatever you're passionate for, whatever's in your heart, into eternity. Are you willing to take that into eternity? See, 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 it's just things to think about. That's all. I, that's all. It's not, you know, I, my mind, I just, I just, I told you, I just see stuff, you know. But uh, let's stand on our feet. That's enough for today.